0: Assistant head coach, special teams coordinator, Darren Simmons, joins us in the trenches. And boy, does he do a phenomenal job of breaking down nuances and rule changes, why the NFL has adapted and adopted these rule changes. Player safety, obviously a, a big, big deal. He also talks about some of his veteran players that are key to his special team success. Some young guys, team speed extraordinaire. The Bengals drafted... bunch of defensive backs and wide receivers that can run Darren's very excited to see how that translates to special teams play Darren Simmons does a phenomenal job for the Cincinnati Bengals he did a phenomenal job in our podcast as well Welcome once again to In the Trenches with Dave Lappin, brought to you by First Star Logistics. As always, coming to you from our phenomenal studios and our guest today, equally phenomenal. This guy, uh, over a quarter century of excellence for the Cincinnati Bengals, entering his 26th year with the Cincinnati Bengals. Assistant head coach, special teams coordinator, the one, the only, Darren Simmons. Mm -hmm. Morning, coach. Morning. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us. Thanks I very gotta, much.
1: I got to clear you up a little bit. Though. This is my twenty-first year. It's your
0: twenty-first. Twenty-first. Uh,
1: yeah, not twenty. I wish it was twenty-six, but it, yeah, man, I was, it feels like, it feels like twenty-six, but no, it's, it's my twenty-first.
0: Twenty-first. Okay. Thanks yeah. for correcting that. I get. I was giving no you five years there, coach. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. Twenty-first year with yeah. the Cincinnati Bengals. That's uh. That's outstanding, though. I mean, over over two decades with the. Uh, with the same team in the National Football League. Not many people have done that. I mean, no. what is it, uh, Coach? What, what the fit between Darren Simmons and the Cincinnati Bengals? Pretty special, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it's been a, a great working relationship, and I think it goes beyond just a working relationship. You know, the, the people here, as, as you know, are, are very good people here. The Brown family has been very good to me. Um, you know, uh, we are very, very appreciative of the opportunity to be here and, and really raise our family here. This is home to us now. Um, and has been for a long time we've always kind of felt that way uh but no it it's it's been really special uh you know I, i've been able to see the ups and downs of, of several different runs here you know when we first got here in 2003 things were, were uh, uh, you know and, and that's the reason there's always change right when there's changes because things haven't gone well um so we got here in 2003 and we, we kind of built that up with coach lewis to you know, making the playoffs in, in 2005 and, uh, you know, put on a pretty good run there through the early 2000s, you know, but again, writing the ups and downs really of, of the quarterback position, I think is what you're really writing there, you know, started off with Kit and Kit, uh, John Kitna was the, I think in 2003 was the NFL comeback player of the year and had yep. a fantastic season. And, and then how that kind of transitioned to Carson and, and then, uh, you know, riding the wave of, of uh, you know, the ups and the, the, the ebbs and the flows of Carson and then ultimately the, the breakup there and the drafting of Andy Dalton and then the the early success that we had with him coming off of, you know, and, and you couldn't come into a rougher spot, right? Is when, uh, you know, dealing with the CBA and the lockout in, in his rookie season. And uh, um, so being able to ride the, uh, again, the ebbs, the flows, the ups and downs of that and then now where we are with Joe. So it, it seems like it all kind of revolves and hinges around the success of, of, of the quarterback position.
0: Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, it is definitely a throwing league, and the teams that throw it the best uh are gonna have, have uh the most success. And uh the the big controversy right now about the running back compensation. Um, yeah. you know, it's it's that's flatlined, whereas every other position uh in, in the National Football League has accelerated in terms of compensation and and the running back position hasn't because of the fact that it is such a, a throwing league. But um, what about special teams? I mean, you've seen over 20-plus years a lot of changes in terms of rules and uh, things of that nature that, that dictate special teams play. Give us a little history on that.
1: Well, you know, it, it, it certainly has. Uh, a, a lot of it's revolved around the kickoff you know and, and the changes and i think it's all been in the the mindset of player safety and yep. trying to make the play you know safer for the players and, and i get that i'm all for that but we you know we've changed from kicking off from a 35 we, then we moved back to the 30 and then now we're back to the 35 again from kicking off um you know i i think it's 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 changed now i think the NFL um, wants more touchbacks. They don't want as many of those plays, I, you know. And I don't, I, I don't know that that's the right way to approach it. I I, I feel like that uh, we're we're at a spot, we're we're at a, a difficult spot here, you know. Uh, again, I, I think the league thinks the more touchbacks there are, the the less the you know, and obviously there is the lesser amount of opportunity for injury, whether it's you know some type of head injury, whether it's some type of soft tissue or or lower extremity injuries um you know and to where we're almost getting close to I think everybody feels like the, the the play they're trying to eliminate the play I you know I really don't know that they're trying to eliminate it I, I think they're trying to reduce the exposure to it a little bit <laughs> which mm-hmm. kind of feels like they're trying to eliminate it I think there's there's potentially going to be some better alternatives for us down the road than what we have now but you know I you know we, we've eliminated I think it dates back to 2018 we eliminated the true wedge we eliminated the uh, uh, blind side blocks. Um, uh, it, like I said, we eliminated the run-up. Uh, you, know, you could line up anywhere, uh, just as long as you stayed behind the 35-yard line until the ball is kicked for the coverage team. We then moved that up to the 30. Um, she so had to be five yards away, again, trying to eliminate the speed that's generated to now we have to line up on the 34. So we're actually one yard you know, behind the 35 where we kick off, which is our restraint line. So they are really trying to eliminate all the speed. And, uh, um, you know, now they are the, the, the big rule change this year is, uh, you know, they, they're allowing fair catches on kickoff play. So, you know, and to simplify it really for the fans, um, you've always been allowed to fair catch a kickoff. But the, the difference was when you fair catch a kickoff, it was your ball at that spot wherever it was caught. Right now, the rule states it's similar to one in college that if you fair catch a kickoff inside the 25 yard line the ball goes to the 25 yard line so in essence it counts as a touchback what a lot of people don't know is if you signal fair catch and muff it or drop it it's your ball at that spot so if you can envision fair catching a kickoff at the two yard line and you drop it and you muff it at the two yard line it's the offense's ball at the two and so that that makes it very difficult uh, um you know, I, I don't want our offense having to huddle up in the end zone, you know, because we we couldn't catch a kick. Right. Um, so that, that that's one big, you know, uh, negative of the, of the way the rule works now. The, the other, there's a couple of other big ones I think. If you, if anybody, everybody can remember back in 2021, I think there's a playoff game, and this happens more frequently than that, but I, this is one that's going to stick out the most. There's a playoff game right before we play Kansas City between Kansas City and Buffalo. It was in Kansas City. You know, there's a lot of scoring back and forth. There, you know, Buffalo, I believe, scores with maybe 17 or 13 seconds to go, I think, in the game uh, to take the lead. Right. And they chose to kick deep uh, to Kansas City for a touchback, uh, which in essence, there's no time that comes off the clock. When really strategically and, ev- and everybody does things differently, um, strategically, we would pop that ball up and force Kansas City to have to return it. And, you know, just pray to God we can go down and make a tackle. But well, what you're doing there is you're making the clock run. You're reducing right. the, the number of plays that Patrick Mahomes has with the ball. And uh, so Buffalo didn't do that. They chose to kick it deep, so no time came off the clock. And we all know that, you know, they drove down in and, and, uh, whatever it was, 12 seconds, 10 seconds, whatever it was. And, and, and Bucker kicks a game-winning field goal. Um, So from a strategic standpoint now, if you do the same thing, if you choose to do what we would have done there and pop that ball up and forced them to return it, that's now off the books too because now they can just signal fair catch. Um, So if you pop it up short of the goal line, they can just signal fair catch. They get the ball to 25, again, with no time coming off the clock. So Hmm. obviously the argument against that, what you have to do is you have to squib it down the field. And so that eliminates any opportunity for a fair catch. But obviously those kicks are – much, much, much more difficult, difficult to control.
0: Right, right.
1: So I, I think what we're doing here is by by having this fair catch rule now, we're we're going to make it a, a bit more of an ugly play. We can and, and we could choose to squib it down the field at any point if we want to to eliminate the opportunity to fair catch. So I I, I think there's there's uh, well again, thankfully this is just a one year um, experiment, I guess, for lack of better terms. Uh, with this rule, I, I know that none of the coaches, including myself, are for it. Another, I don't think the players are really for it too. You know, uh, a, a lot of the players. You know, because in essence, if you if you talk about trying to eliminate this play, you're eliminating a lot of of these back half of the roster players that are special teams players. That, uh, right. you know, that you're you're taking some of these guys' jobs away. And, and I I don't, uh, you know, I don't I don't think it's the best thing for our league moving forward. I I think hopefully there's going to be some better alternatives we can come up with this next offseason to bring this play back into it more.
0: How, how how much goes on between special teams coaches like during the season when you're mm-hmm. contemplating things like this, you know, tweaks? Ah, that's not quite – we're not quite there yet. Yeah. You know, we'll revisit next offseason. During the season, is there dialogue amongst the coaches? Hey, you know, this might be a good idea or that might be a good idea. Let's, let's make sure we bring this up, you know, when we meet again in the offseason. Does much of that go on?
1: No, there, there's there's not a lot. I think everybody's preparing. To, you no know, there's yeah. so much preparation that goes in on a week-to-week basis just for the right. game in front of you that uh, a lot of those discussions come up after the season, you know, prior to and, and around the combine and then certainly mm-hmm. after the combine to the draft. There's a lot. We all went to New York. There's a group of – I'm on a committee of like uh, eight coaches, I think, that, that help try to work hand-in-hand with the league. Because sometimes I think there's some people at the league office that are – Uh, you know, maybe doctors or um, maybe aren't directly involved in the game of football and don't see it through the same eyes as we do that, you know, they just see numbers, they see injury numbers and just want to cut them down. And how, all right, how do you cut them down? Well, let's just eliminate the play. Let's just don't even do it anymore. Or, you know, let's make this rule change and not think of any unintended consequences that come of that. So that's where I think the coaches kind of come in that, hey, here's what we would do strategically. This is our, this is how we see it. Yes, we all we're, we're all working towards the same thing. We want to make the play as safe as we possibly can for the players, yet make it still exciting for the fans. You know, I I don't think fans, including me, I you know I don't I don't like, um. You know, hitting touchbacks all the time and just putting the ball at the twenty-five yard line the way we go. I mean, ever, you know, what about guys like Devin Hester? You know, I mean, right. I don't even know if you'd have a Devin Hester in, in this day and age now or. You know, even a quarter L Patterson, I mean, he, he was a dominant, dominant kickoff return player, uh, a dip, dominant kickoff returner for in this league for a while, and now he's kind of just fallen by the wayside because of, you know, all of these touchbacks that come into play now. So I, I don't know that it's the best for the league. I, I think there's going to be some, like I said, hopefully we can come up with some better alternatives going forward that makes this an exciting play again.
0: Yeah, and boy, so many players, or, you know, quite a few players over the years made their name as – wedge buster you know yeah. <laughs> these the kamikaze pilot psychos to go in there and bust sure. the wedge up. And, and they paid a the price i mean that's what you're trying to avoid sure. i mean some of the guys aren't uh all their faculties aren't with them yeah. at this uh at this point in time you know and right and i can speak as a former member of the wedge man right. when those guys came at you man yeah. i I, got, I remember getting rung about as 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 heavily as i've ever gotten rung one time couple of times in the wedge and then they could take you low too you know i mean you got to protect your knees and it was uh Man, it was the wedge was a crazy responsibility. Uh, early on, when you're, you know, a young lineman, it's uh, okay, yeah, Yeah. you're on the wedge. Oh, great, the wedge. Here we go. So it's uh, what about what about other? I kickoff obviously is where the big collisions. Everybody's going 100 miles an hour each way, and the collisions are incredibly Mm -hmm. significant. What about on uh, other forms of special teams? Are there any rule changes going into this year that fans need to be aware of? Any anything significant?
1: No, we, we've talked a lot about the pump play and how to eliminate some of the uh, soft tissue injuries that happen on the pump play, whether it's hamstrings or, or uh, you know, uh, knee injuries or ankle injuries. And, you know, I, I think some of that is uh, a direct result of the way analytics is used now. You know, I, I think we punt probably less now than what we used to. I mean, There are years we punted over 100 times in a season. Right. And I believe we punted 70 or 72 times last year. So it's, you know, you're talking about essentially a 25 or 30% reduction in the number of punts. Mm-hmm. A, yeah. because we're, we're so explosive offensively. And B, you want to put the ball in the hands of your playmakers. And, and so we just punt a little bit less. And so I think that, that what makes it difficult for some of these special teams players is we go out there, we have an opening kickoff, right? Um, let's, let's say we're playing the Cleveland Browns week one. And they kick off to us. They hit a touchback, so our kickoff return team drops back. They really don't block anybody because it's a touchback play. So there's not a lot of physical contact that goes into it for them. Let's just say, for whatever reason, that uh, you you know our offense goes out there and we run five plays, then have to punt. Well, you know, here comes our special teams players out there. They really haven't done anything for 20 or 30 minutes. You know, they, they haven't done a whole lot. So it's it's a kind of a shock to their system to have to give a full exertional play they have to give a hundred percent for one play and that's yeah. what's unique about special teams players is, is it's like you're a, uh, you're a sniper man you got one bullet yeah. and I mean you've got one play to, to make it work we have fourth down it's not like you're on offense and you can kind of get into a flow or get into the groove of the game there is no flow or groove for us it's we got one shot to, to make it and make it right. And that's why it's very important that, that uh, you know, we, I think we have to change the way that we operate in games. These guys have to do a good job of staying loose on the sideline. We have to change the way we train a little bit just because it may be a bigger block of time in between plays that they actually have to go. And I think that's where so many soft tissue injuries come into play is these guys are cold. They're not, they're not completely warmed up. They've stiffened up a little bit. And now they got to go out there and run, you know, 100%. And sometimes there are muscle pulls that come into that. And we got to try to avoid those. Yeah. So I, I think it's just, we have to, the game has evolved. And, and I think that uh, we have to, you know, change and, and evolve with it a little bit in the way that we prepare, not only just schematically, but also physically.
0: Your um, mix of veteran players, you know, and young guys is is obviously very interesting. And it's the nature of the beast in the National Football League. You have guys that are core special teams players and are there for a number of years. then you have young players the way we're going to make the club is on special teams. There's no two ways about that. Give right. us uh, a thumbnail sketch of some of your key veteran guys that you've leaned on over the last few years that you expect uh, big years out of this year, Coach.
1: Well, I, I think the guy, that the, the one guy that I'm really excited to, to have back and come back with us is Akeem Davis-Gather. You know, I, I, he, he really was a productive player for us the back half of the season. You know, when you watch and you evaluate the tape and evaluate the video – um, I think he got off to a slow start for us, frankly, during the, the season. And, and I think some of that changes, you know, as, as they settle into what their role, what their specific role is going to be on the team, how much they're playing offensively or defensively versus where can they make an impact. And I think once they realize where they can make an impact, 90% of the time it's with me. And that's something that that they can control. So, uh, you know, Akeem Davis-Gather finished the year off hot. I mean, he, he was a dominant, dominant player for us. Mm-hmm. At the mm-hmm. end of the year, whether it be on kickoff or on punt, uh, he really, really played well in coverage. Um, and again, if you stay in the linebacker position, Marcus Bailey yep. um, is somebody who also had a very solid year for us. He's really matured and bought into what his role is on our team and, and become a good player. You know, I'm excited to see what Joe Bocci can can do now as a now that he's finally healthy. You know, he battled through ACL recovery a year ago and. and mm-hmm. You know, started the year on PUP and, and then played solidly for us. But, you know, now now he's healthy and uh, um, fully healthy. And I, I think he's probably excited about the way training camp's going to be for him and, and his preparation. Um, if you go to the running back position, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a, a really, really good battle in a lot of areas. We've got a, a big hole we got to try to replace in Samaj P. Ryan, right? Who, you know, whose role with us probably. Um, softened a little bit towards the uh, the last half of the 22 season. I think after Joe got hurt and Samaje, you know, was a, was a starting player for us there for several weeks. Um, his role kind of lessened with us a little bit, which which gave you know players like Travion an opportunity to come in and and uh, you know finally be active and 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 do some things. And, and he did some things. I'm really excited to see again what Chris Evans can do uh, or can continue to evolve and and mature as a player. And mm-hmm. and then you know they're going to get a run from Chase Brown too. So it's it's how quickly we can get him up to speed and get him going. Um, I, I think from the from the DB position that that's going to be a, a, an ever evolving deal too. You know we lost Trey Flowers to free agency. Um, he went on to the uh, uh, Atlanta, mm-hmm. and, uh, it, and and so it'll be interesting to see how he or how we can replace him. You know he played some critical spots for us at at the. Like on the punt team, he was a gunner for us and, and did, a, did a solid job uh, for us there. Um, so we're going to have to have some of these young guys step up and play, whether it's the DJ Ivies that we drafted or the DJ Turners. You know, I, I'm excited to see what uh, – you know. now that Tyson Anderson is, is back and healthy with us, you know, right. he, he was really fortunate that he was around our team the whole year last year, even though it was on IR. He was in every meeting. So it, it's going to be really important to see what he can do, what he can bring to the table. You know, we we have our captain back and Mike Thomas, who's been a stalwart for us. Who's been, you know, a very very solid player, a lot of intangible qualities. You know, leadership. He he's seen it all. Sure. And, uh, you know, to be able to have the mentorship of him, you know, back in that room is is certainly a big thing. Um, you know, I I think from the wide receiver position, that might be the most interesting position that we have. You know, the, the battles we're going to have this year. You know, kind of starts for us in terms of young guys. With Charlie Jones, you drafted him to, you know, hopefully, you know, add a spark or see what kind of spark we can create in the return game, whether it be on punt return or on kickoff return. So, you know, he's really going to have to step up and and uh, develop mentally and physically and learn how to to play as a pro, um, mm-hmm. and, and get that going quickly. Here, um, you know, we we drafted the, also the kid out of Princeton, uh, Andre. Andre. And, and we'll see what he can do, too, and, and, and how he can come in and compete and, 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 you know, learn these positions. Obviously, he didn't do a whole lot of special teams play at Princeton, but he's all in. He's spent a ton of time learning how to play uh, these roles, you know, and because they're going to get a hell of a, uh, you know, a, a hell of a lot of resistance from Stanley Morgan. You know, right. that, that Stanley Morgan's not going to go away easy. Nope. And, uh, um, so, and, and he's been a very, very, he's our energizer bunny. He, he's the juice behind what we do. And and so he's been a very good player for us too. So, the tight end position will be will be an evolution also. I think you know it'll be nice that we got Mitch signed. Mitch Wilcox back yesterday, oh. and so we add we'll, we'll keep adding to that room with uh, him. And and uh, it's great to have Drew Sample back um, as, as a solid player for us. And and we'll see what he can do in comparison to Devin Asiasi and you know the Tanner Hudsons and and uh, uh, you know those guys. So there's a there's a lot be a lot of good battles
0: there will be you know and it, it's very interesting too talking about how the league has evolved to you know spread it and throw it <laughs> spread the field and throw the football well you know base defense including the Bengals everybody's base defense is a 425 it's a nickel i mean so it gives you so much there's a lot of receivers involved uh, potentially for tight ends that aren't getting you know you got your top three receivers and going to be hard to accumulate snaps from those guys but they can get snaps with you, and then on the back end uh, of the defense, you know the DBs. There's there's a lot of guys, and, and the thing is, coach, they can all run. I mean, man, everybody that got drafted can fly. Your yeah. team's speed is it about as good as you've seen? Is it, you've had some? Yeah, long?
1: yeah, I, I I think that's an area that we could that we needed to upgrade too. You know, we we uh, I, I've I've always felt really good about the way we can play on kickoff. You know, because we can just we outrun people. We play with you know, relentless effort and intensity, but we, we've always had speed to be able to run away from people. I don't I don't feel like it's been that way, you know, the last year or two. I don't feel like we've been as fast or as explosive as we've been. So it's it'll be helpful, be beneficial for some of these young guys to come in here and cut them loose and let them get out and run because you're, you're right. I and mean, that's the way the league works now, you know, is, is, it's, it's a league built on playmakers and speed. And uh, we've certainly added to that, you know, it's unique. And, and you know, this too, but, you know, when you're a when you're a four-three base defense, I don't even know that that exists anymore, but you used to have a we used to be with Coach Lewis here, a four-three base defense, I meaning four defensive linemen, three linebackers, and four DBs. Yep. That was base. And we, we were in that a lot. Yep. And so your 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 fifty-three-man rosters is, is built around that, but you know, at that time we had a 45-man active roster, so you could count on probably seven defensive linemen being active. You count on six linebackers and, you know, eight or nine DBs. Let's well, completely change now. I mean, now we have, you know, w- w- with the way nickel is the really the base defense. Now, now we go into game with like five linebackers. We go into the game with nine or 10 defensive linemen and nine defensive backs, sometimes 10 DBs. So we really load up at those premium positions like pass rusher and, and, corner and, 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 uh, um, so, you know, the way that we have to play and the way, the, the way our schemes are designed and, and the players that you put in those spots, they're smaller, they're smaller and faster than what they used to be, you know? So it, it's been an evolution, you know, certainly over the last four or five years that's been coming. We got to get out in front and stay out in front of that.
0: You've, uh, always valued the average drive start, you know, net differential there, mm-hmm. um, you want to put the opponent on the long field and and yourselves on the on the shorter field if possible how did that how did that stat work out for you last year did, did you rank pretty well in average drive start um for the entire year well it was
1: it was it was just okay i, I was you know I, I was really probably um you know a bit disappointed in the way i, I i'm used to being i i'm used to us being up and dominant um uh, and really stacking up well we you know, we finished number one in the league. I think in 2019, we had a good yeah. year in 2020, and we were solid again in 2021. And, and I felt we were we we kicked back a little bit. We, we were kind of going through some transition time. You know, whether it be you know we lost our snapper in the in the first game of the season. You know, we had to make a make a move at punter uh, midway through the season. Um, so you know, th- there's a lot of transition that we've you know been this has been coming for a bit and we tried to prepare for it but you know we certainly weren't prepared for the the, the change at snapper um uh you know with, with the injury to clark but so we, we've we've gone through some transition and I, I really hope that that starts to uplift the level of our play i, I wasn't i certainly wasn't happy with the, the way that we played in the, the year definitely in the you know we got burned in the kansas city game in the AFC championship but it, it hurt us uh you know, the, the field position part in our punting game really hurt us at, at the end of that game. And, and so, it, you know, it's, it's been a burr on my side. I've had a big, you know, a, 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 there's a big emptiness still with me that, uh, that you know, doesn't go away. That, that no, we were a part of, of why you don't win some of those critical games down the stretch. And, and I don't want to have that feeling again. So, you know, we're, we're going to look at, we're going to look to come out with guns blazing and, and, you know, try to get back up to the top of where we were. But we need to improve in a lot of areas
0: to kind of further explain what we're talking about there. If the, if the Bengals had, you know, eight possessions and the average drive start was their 34-yard line and the opponent had eight possessions and their average drive start was their 24-yard line, that 10-yard differential times eight possessions, it's almost a football field. It's it's more than three-quarters of a football field of hidden yards and you're trying to accumulate, uh, you know, those hidden yards. You mentioned punter coach. Um, what's it like coaching when there's a, a big competition going on at the, at the punter or a place kicker, which is not the case this year, but, uh, what, what, what's that like for a coach?
1: Well, it's exciting for me. You know, it's it's something we haven't had that we really haven't had at that spot for quite some time, you know, in varying degrees of it, but, but, you know, you know, Kevin never really had competition for for the better part of of what, whatever, 12 or 13 seasons. And, uh, you know, we, we made the decision to go with him, uh, a year ago, over Drew and, and, uh. For a variety of reasons, we we felt like it was best for our team. Not only from the punting position, but you got to remember he's also part of the snap and the hold and the kick operation for the field goals. And you know, last time I checked, we got to score points to win games, and that's the you know whoever scores most points wins the game. And I don't, we didn't want to screw that operation up either. So, uh, but no, it's uh, it's uh, rejuvenating to me to uh, know that there's going to be competition there. Um, I've, I've got to coach my tail off to try to get the best out of those two guys because I, I think that we're really young at those three spots. You know, I mean, we've got a, a third-year kicker. We're going to have a, you know, a, you know, whether it's a punter and Drew Christman who's played in eight or nine games, half a season, or whether it's Brad Robbins who hadn't played a game, and then we've got Cal Adamidas who, you know, was a, a trial by fire, got thrown in there and, and did a fantastic job. So it's I've got Great. to get those three guys up to speed and working together. You know, in the context of what we do as a team, as fast as I can. So it's it, it's a big excitement to me to, you know, I, I when you've had somebody like Kevin for 14 years, you you take a lot of things for granted. Uh, you know, all the information that 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 he's learned over his career, I just knew that he knew it, and, right. and now I've got to start back over again. We're we're starting from square one to to get these other guys up to speed. So, but that that's that's a very exciting thing for me, though.
0: Boy, you had Clark Harris as a snapper for over a decade. Uh, Kevin Huber as a punter for over a decade, and they and they were obviously in the in the uh, place kicking game too. Snapper holder. Uh, yeah. That's that's just a, that's an incredible, incredible yeah. uh, scenario. There, there's there's there are no two ways about it. Is there somebody that you're really looking forward to? Uh, either somebody that um, was was young last year, rookie or whatever, first year performing for you that you expect to make a step up or one of these rookies that were drafted that you, well, I want to see what this guy looks like once the live bullets start to fly. Any, uh, anybody you can enlighten us with in that regard? Yeah. I
1: mean, there's a couple that come to mind. Like I said, I kind of brought them up earlier. Tyson Anderson is, is one that I'm I'm excited to see what kind of step he could take. He certainly has all the physical ability to to do the things we need. It's going to be up to him, whether he wants to come down and hit somebody in the face and, and, and tackle somebody. Or sticky right. station, to their block that, that, that thats going to be uh, something that I, I'm going to need to see. I'm excited to see what you know, guys like DJ Ivy and DJ Turner can do for us. We're going to need them to step up in a big way, yeah, uh, and, and make plays. And uh, uh, you know, from the running back position, I, we got to get to see something of uh, out of Chase Brown,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and, and really Chris Evans too, because Chris, Chris was, um, you know, he did a good job for us as a kickoff returner. Then we kind of made a decision halfway through the year, we're, we're going to flip that over and we're going to activate Travion and kind of put Chris on the back burner a little bit. So Chris has got to, uh, you know, I, I think for any player their third year is is probably the most critical, critical year um, as a player overall. So they're, they're, their career is either going to be in, they're going to go ascending or they're going to fall off the face of the earth and, hmm. and nobody's going to hear from him again. So he's at a, he's at a, a, a red light, critical, critical spot in his career where you know, he's got to make the decision to step up and, and really play well and, and have a, a solid, solid, good career uh, in this league. Or, or if he doesn't, then, you know, the alternative comes into play. They, they, they just fade away. Right. Um, the other one, that's the, the other one is, is the competition we have at receiver. There's a lot of, of options at receiver, you know, um, for these, some of these young guys to step up and, and play, whether it's Charlie Jones or Kwame Lasters, is another one we kind of forget about. Or uh, you know Andre to just to see what those guys can do for so those would be some of the, the spots that uh, from some of those positions.
0: Coach, can't thank you enough. Um, you are the guru. There's no question about it. In my mind, there's nobody better in this league in doing what they do. You do it better than all of them. Um, and the Bengals are very fortunate to have had you for this for this length of time. You've you've developed a lot of, a lot of good football players and, and made them better football players. And uh, can't thank you enough for your time. Can't thank you enough for what you've done for the Cincinnati Bengals organization. Appreciate your time. Thanks for uh carving some for us, coach.
1: Well, I appreciate you always being so positive for us and, and, and such a positive influence. And and, and you know, I, I don't think our fans understand the, the behind the scenes just knowledge of football that you have, whether it's it's not just offensive line play, it's, it's you understand the game, uh, and and can regurgitate that to the fans uh in a way that, that that's that's uh top 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 shelf so um you know you're talking about me you do a hell of a job with what you do and, and i don't think our, our fans have been spoiled for a long time by having that it's not somebody behind the, the mic there who, who doesn't know what's going on you have great understanding you have great feel for what's not only going on currently but what could be coming down the line so thank you for what you do for for this organization for our fan base too
0: Appreciate that very much, coach. You have no idea how much I appreciate it. Have the best day you ever had, sir. we Will
1: do it. Thank you.
0: Thanks. Dave Lapham here, and every day I am grateful for my experience to have played professional football. As a player, I realize self-motivation, leadership, and appreciating your teammates are key. At First Star Logistics, you can use those same attributes to create the life you want for you and your family. Build your future by working hard like I did. You'll see results both on and off the field. Call First Star Logistics today and be part of our winning team.